What's going on, guys? It's your host, your boy, George McKay, back in studio again today. And today I got a light shining. He's back. And I couldn't be more thrilled to have the limelight shining back on Straight Talk Wrestling. Please help me welcome me, Hermano. Danny Limelight, back to Straight Talk. How are you, brother? Yeah, Straight Talk Wrestling. What's up, dude? Feels like forever ago we last talked, man, but I'm happy to be back. It's always good vibes. Let's rock and roll, dog. Absolutely. You know what? Like, I mean, if, if no one... At this point in your career, if no one is stupid enough not to know who you are, you've been on Dark. You were the opening match on Elevation. You've been on Dynamite. You faced Kenny Omega, John Moxley. The list goes on and on and on. You've also were highlighted in PWI as one to watch. Your career has skyrocketed. And it's funny because, like you said, a lifetime ago when we talked, we were talking about how the limelight was going to shine bright. And I don't want to say that I, uh, I blessed it, but I think right after that, your rocket just took the fuck off. It had nothing to do with me, but it was just perfect timing. Perfect timing, man. Yeah, uh, timing is everything. And I think that, you know, the last interview that I did with you right before everything really kicked off, it was just, you know, the person that lit the match on the bottom of the rocket strap and said, blast off into space to hang with the stars, man. Go join the constellations, what they said. Absolutely. And I appreciate that. And it's the truth, man. You have literally uh, changed the game. You brought a lot of eyes on you. So I know you relocated to Cali full time. How was that change going from the East Coast to the West Coast on a more full time basis? Oh, man, I've been living in Cali for, like, since 2012, bro. Oh, okay, so you know, then I fucked yeah, up. But, yeah, it's all good. People, <laughs> Most people think I still live in New York because they see me and I got New York shit in my crib and stuff like that. But uh, I've been in Cali for a while. Um, last time I went home to New York was about two years ago to visit my families and stuff like that. But it's been great, man. I love California. I love the weather. This morning I woke up, you know what I'm saying? I, I hung out by the pool and jacuzzi. I, you know, I ate good drank a little bit i'm just chilling man enjoying life life has been great my roommate just pulled up he's an audio engineer he's been grinding what's up pj what's up, bro? yeah so we just chilling man we over here living that life <laughs> absolutely so i mean you have been blessed to literally be in the ring with some of the best talents in the world today and you're one that doesn't shy away from pressure you don't shy away from those big time <clears throat> moments and i would have to say your match with john moxie on elevation was one of my favorite ones in this whole kind of string of great matches that you've had. I love that because your styles are so different, but yet the story that was told in that match was incredible. So what's going through your mind when you come to the arena for work that day and they tell you, I don't even know how far in advance they tell you, maybe they tell you the day of, they say, hey, listen, big man, you're going in with the face of AEW. You're going to be one-on-one with John Moxley. You got to be like, holy shit. Now me, I'd be geeking out, but you, you're calm, you're cool, and you're collected. So how was that moment? Man, you know, what's crazy is that, like, John, first of all, congratulations to John and Renee. They just had their baby. So much, much love to that family uh, and blessings. Uh, but John's a great, great human being. He's a great man. He's a great husband, as everybody can see. I know he's going to be a great father, but he's also a great wrestler, and he's about his business. Um, so it was a great opportunity for me to stand in the ring in the main event of Elevation, you know, Monday Night Limelight, as I used to call it. And, and it's really been just, just, it was just so much fun to just, be in the ring and then hear his music hit and realize that I'm about to go one-on-one with one of the best to do it. And it was a great match. It was hard hitting. Our stars are very different, but I felt like it was a great match. And it definitely was one of my favorite matches ever. Yeah. Like I said, the stories, the story that was told, the clash of styles, and a lot of people don't understand the story aspect. They'll never get it. They're like, Oh, they just, they just go around the ring and they hit each other. There's so much more to that. There's this art form, this dance, if you will. And I felt that you and John Moxley, you both elevated each other that night. I thought you, you showed him a different style that he's not a hundred percent used to seeing. And you got to feel that more hard hitting side because with Moxley, I feel like there's, there's so many layers to him, but I feel like it's always just super aggressive. 
So for him to have to face a high flyer and a speeder like you, that must have been a big challenge and adjustment period for him as well. Man, he handled it like a professional, man. He took me from the top rope, hit me with the paradigm shift, and it was lights out, I'll tell you that. So I think he did a good job preparing for me. Um, I tried my best to prepare for somebody like him, but like everybody knows, he's you can't you can't prepare for John Moxley. No, you really can't. Because when you think you have something prepared for him, he's just going to pull something right out of left field that you had never seen before. And that's what makes Moxley right. such an entertaining cat to watch. Uh, a couple other things to discuss. Obviously, you sitting down with Paul White. Like, how cool was that? to have literally a, a, a stretch of moments with the big show or sorry, Paul white, no more big show. The BS is gone. How was it to be, you know, kind of in that close proximity, one-on-one -on -one, being able to just be there with Paul white and, and the legend that he is in this business. Man, what I want to say from what, from just my experience with Paul white so far at AEW, man, he, he's a, he's a great human being. He loves this business. You know, he's come to me several times to give me critique after my matches. I mean, he sits at, at the commentary table for Elevation, where I spend most of my time at. And he calls a lot of my matches. And he talks very highly of me. And in the interview, he talks very highly of me. And knowing that I had met him years before that and seeing that he's still an amazing person, that was so dope for me. It was so dope to learn from him. And I just watched him go around and constantly critique wrestlers and help wrestlers develop their craft and get better at what they do because he really loves this business. So to me, that was a great moment in my career. Absolutely. And how is it like for your little girl, seeing her dad on this larger-than-life screen on like a full-time basis or near full-time basis how yeah, cool man. is it for her she loves it she loves wrestling she loves watching it um she hasn't been to one of my live shows in a very long time but she watches my matches when they air um she has a lot of fun with it she's great man i'm super lucky to have her in my life obviously um she's a blessing and, and it's so cool to be able to make her proud and show her that you can follow your dreams and you you are definitely making her proud. You're making a lot of us proud. A lot of us early podcasters that were able to get you on the show and to see how fast your star has risen. It's nothing short of what we already all knew. Anybody Thanks. that had Danny Limelight on before he blew up knew exactly where he was going to go. Now it's just a matter of time. And speaking of that, what is the current status of your, I guess, contractual basis, if I'm saying that right, with AEW? I, I know oh, you man, can't probably I, talk about it too much. I'm just a free, I'm a free agent, baby. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm just grinding. I, I'm, I'm wrestling for AEW, I'm wrestling for New Japan, you know, I'm wrestling for United Wrestling Network, I'm wrestling for whoever wants to bring me to, to this company. This weekend, you know, I'm going to Vegas to wrestle for FSW, their, their two-day anniversary show, you know, the 30-man rumble, and then I'm going one-on-one -on -one with Ice Williams for his No Limits Championship. You know, I'm just, I'm just enjoying it, man. I'm enjoying the process, enjoying the grind, and, I, and I, every opportunity I get, I'm just trying to knock it out the park. And you do that. You do that pretty much with ease. And I mean, the opportunities keep coming. Is it hard to, um, cause now that things are opening up and like you said, you're going to Vegas, you've got all these other bookings lined up. Is it hard now to be kind of, cause you've had pretty much two years where you haven't really been away from your daughter on a consecutive basis, but now the travel schedule is starting to pick up. How's yeah. that adjustment period for you? Um, man, I've been spending a lot of times in planes and, and hotels the last, you know, six months, almost weekly. Is what it feels like. And, you know, we've been able to figure it out. We've been able to work time for me and her. She was just here with me this weekend, last couple of days. And, and it's just been a, a fun experience, you know, living my dream and then coming home, being a dad and then talking to her about everything. And just, you know, now hopefully things are still, will slow down a little bit so I can, we can spend more time because she's getting older. Um, but, you know, we're, we're, wrestling has been keeping us very blessed. So, you know, she, she understands that. 
I absolutely myself understand uh, the bond with uh, your daughters in wrestling. As you know, you sat down with the mini host just before we did this. And uh, that's a bond that keeps us together. Because as now my daughter hits the tween stages, I, uh, I don't get a lot of time. Because most of the time she's in a room, she's hanging out with her friends, and it's not just cool. The only time we really get to see each other is at the dinner table or if we're doing one of these together. So uh, I, I, get the, uh, I get the getting older thing. But the cool thing about getting older is, is that when dads get to have fun. Because as we spoke about the last time, no, our boyfriends are creeping around the corner more so for me than you. You still got a few years, but boyfriends may be creeping around the corner, and that's what we get to have fun. Now, I don't have the skill set you have, but what I do have is that ultimate intensity. My goal, Danny, is, and I've stated this on our last one. My goal is to make one of these young, stupid punks shit their pants. Once they do that, I'll back off. But one of them has to do that. Do you? I mean, do you have a plan for when? I mean, it's a long ways away. Do you have a plan for when your daughter starts dating? Like how you want to approach that situation mentally? Me, I just want to act like Fifty Cent and Den of Thieves and scare some people. What about you? What's your <laughs> plan? Oh man, Den of Thieves. That Den of Thieves scene was dope. It was a, it was a good scene. Um, or, or the the bad boy scene with with Martin Lawrence oh, yes. and Will Smith. That was funny. Yeah. Honestly, man, whether my daughter wants to date men or women, whatever she's into as she gets older. You know, I just want her to be happy. I feel like, you know, her mother and I are doing a good job raising her and teaching her. And I feel like she's, you know, she's going to get smarter, smartened up as the years go by. And I think that she'll be fine. You know, obviously I'll always have her back. Her mom will always have her back, but you know, I wouldn't want nobody trying to beat my kid up or anything like that. So, you know, as long as they're respectful and and take good care of her and vice versa, that's all, that's all that matters to me. Absolutely. A couple of years ago, one of my friends brought me for my birthday, this list of like the 10 commandments of dating my daughter. And the bottom <laughs> commandment is my favorite one. It says, I have two things that you will never have. A shovel and an alibi. <laughs> I am the ultimate overprotective dad for sure, 100%. But back to you and your career. So PWI, getting highlighted in that. I read the article. I love the article. It was such a down-to-earth article because you're a down-to-earth dude. You're just hustling. You are, you, are, you are living the dream and you're working your ass off for it. Nothing was handed here. You have worked your ass off for it. So when you got the call that you were going to be highlighted in PWI, how was that? That must have been a crazy moment for you. Man, it was so sick, you know, because there's certain things, at least for me, you know, like, like milestones or accolades in your career, things that you want to do, right? It was like make your debut, you know, sell your first T-shirt, you know, sign your first autograph, take your first picture, um, wrestle on TV, leave the state and wrestle, wrestle in another country, you know, make a video game, uh, be in a magazine. You know, all these things are, are like, you know, that things that are like things that I wanted to do in my career, you know, you know, being a comic book, which I'm in the works right now with Michael Kingston on Headlock Comics. I'm gonna have you know the Danny Limelight official. Actually, this is the first interview I talk about it on, so you get the breaking news. Straight talk exclusive. Uh, me and Michael Kingston are working on the comics. Everybody knows Headlock Comics is an amazing wrestling comic series. They have done plenty of awesome, you know, things in this industry. And I remember a few years back when I first met Michael at, at you know at a Comic Con in San Diego, I told him I said one of my goals is to be in one of your comics one day. And I'm sure back then, you know, he back then he said, yeah, one day, you know, we never know. But I, I'm sure back then, maybe he believed in me, maybe he didn't. But one thing that I noticed that he always kept in touch over the years, every time I did a little more, he always said, hey, good job. Or, you know, he always showed love. And I always came to his booths every year at Comic-Con because I go there all the time with my spider suits to have a good time and stuff like that. And we kept that, like, uh, we kept that, you know, reputa uh, reputation, that relationship. And then, you know, little by little, New Japan happened. And then, you know, AW happened. And then finally, we're like, man, like, like, now's a good time. 
And you know, me and Michael Kingston finally worked on something. We got something dope coming. I can't wait. But you know, that's like one. It was one of the goals that I finally, you know, the video game stuff with the AW All Elite GM mobile app. I was in that video game. The Virtual Basement WrestleCode announcement. I'm in that video game. You know, TV done this that. Magazines now. You know, podcast articles now. You talk about magazines. The PWI, which is you know the biggest wrestling magazine that there is. Mm-hmm. featured me in a big spread great spread by the way they did an amazing job talking about me called me the one to watch and i felt like i earned that spread you know i you know i, I had an amazing year that's why they said okay you're the one to watch it was an awesome awesome conversation an awesome relationship that i had with pwi the, the, the article was amazing and it got really good reviews and it was just another milestone in my career you know Absolutely, a milestone. Well, being on the, like, I was on the cover of the monthly Pure Wrestle, you know, New Japan magazine as well with Jay White. I was featured on the front of the cover. So it's, it's just all these little things that you do, you know, fans starting to draw me, fans, you know, the fan are all those little things you want to happen, you want to see happen, you know, and it's, it's, been, it's been great that it's been happening for me, man. It's been so much fun. Absolutely. But again, it's because you put the work in and that's what a lot of people need to understand. You put the work in, you reap the rewards, you reap the benefits, you show and prove, you go in, you do the job that you're supposed to do and that's it. And then eventually the goals will come and you are a hundred percent reflection of that. Another cool moment that happened is a couple of weeks after you and I sat down for our first conversation, uh, you were interviewed or sorry, a couple of weeks after you were interviewed by Vicky Guerrero and <laughs> on that interview, I listened to that interview because I was like, what? I dropped him two weeks later. He's a big girl. This is crazy. So I listened to it. And my favorite part of the interview, the part that touched my heart the most is when she compared you to the legend that is Eddie Guerrero. Now I got to ask, because this is a big moment. What was it like for Mrs. Eddie Guerrero to tell you that when she looks at you, she, she shades of one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I wanted to, I wanted to cry. Um, a lot of people know how much Eddie Guerrero means to me, how much I, I look up to Eddie Guerrero, how much I watch his matches, learn from him, study him. The Bobby, you know, that's in honor of Eddie Guerrero. Even though it's the Puerto Rican flavor too, it's in honor of Eddie Guerrero. Um, and to hear Vicky Guerrero, somebody who that, you know, I've gotten real close to over at AEW, someone that I, you know, I trust and that I care for. She's a great, amazing woman. She works so hard for this business. Um, I'm excited to see what her and Andrade are gonna do. But just to hear her compare me to Eddie, it was, it was amazing. Absolutely, it was. It was a moment for me as a fan of you and Eddie. I was like, damn. I was like, I was putting my myself in your shoes. I was like, fuck, I got to pull over and take it in for a second. I was listening on the car ride home. Like, I got to pull over and take it in for a second. Like, that's crazy. That's, that's an honor, but it's also humbling. And your reaction was one of the most genuine reactions that there is, which was just a simple, you know, thank you. That, that means so much because it does. People don't realize that, that a, a simple sentence like that could change the landscape. And I think that that just made the fire bigger than it already was there. You already wrestled with, with so much uh, ability and so much talent. And also what I love about you is that you wrestle with a chip on your shoulder. Yes, you've, you've achieved milestones that you wanted to achieve, but you're not stopping. There's no ceiling yet. We have so many ways, so many layers to hit. And another cool moment was, I mean, sharing the ring with, how was it sharing the ring with a legacy like Brian Pillman Jr.? I mean, for me, that was one of my also favorite matches. You and the Varsity Blondes, you guys had great, great chemistry. I mean, how was it like that, sharing the ring with Brian Pillman Jr.? Man, Pillman, that's one of my dudes, bro. Like, I always saw Pillman. You know, I got mad love for Pillman because, you know, not even who he is, just the type of person he is. Pillman loves his business. He loves wrestling. He loves his friends. He's one of the guys that's always like, hey, man, let's go out. You know, let's go get a drink. You know, he, he cares about that camaraderie and stuff like that. I got 
so many good things I could say about, you know, Brian Pillman Jr. He's one of my good friends, man. And just to be able to have that moment with him and Griff Garrison, who's another, you know, someone who's going to be a huge star. I, I feel it. Um, to be able to have that moment with them on Dynamite against, you know, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers, man. It was a fun match. It was one of my favorite matches. And, dude, shout out to Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison. Absolutely. I, you know I'm a tag team guy. I love my tag team wrestling. The Good Brothers are also my tag team. So I have to say, I'll be honest with you, Danny, because you and I have the relationship. I was on the other side for that one because of Gals and I'm a Good Brothers guy. I've admitted it. I've never, I've never, I've never not hit the that. The meeting I, has ended. <laughs> <laughs> but still, it was a fantastic match and the spots that you guys had. And I mean, again, if you look at that, that's, that's the future of the business standing with the current and the now of the business. That's huge. That match had so many layers to it just based on that alone. When the future meets the present. It's crazy. It's had so many layers to it. Now, there's another match that you've had that intrigued me a lot. And yes, you've wrestled Jurassic Express, Express a lot. But when you went one-on-one with Jungle Boy, that was another special match because, I mean, he is, they're pushing him hard. He's going to have some amazing opportunities coming through. But then there's you. And I thought that story as well was incredible. I thought the, the speed you guys had was insane in that match. So how was finally wrestling Jungle Boy one-on-one? I mean, Jack's great, man. You know, Jungle Boy, dude, he's a, he's a star. You know, he's killing it right now. He's on, he's on, he's riding that wave all the way to the top. And um, just to be able to open up Elevation, the first match in the show ever, for me to be the first face that pops up on that Elevation screen. And then Jungle Boy comes out, you know, his music hits, the crowd is going nuts. Because um, there was a little bit of crowd there for that match. And, you know, just to be able to, some of the things that we did there was innovative, was new, hadn't been done before. It was just a lot of fun, man. And he's great, you know, so... It, it was an awesome experience. I'd love to do it again. Absolutely. And you will. Down the line, you will. You will get your opportunities again for sure. I mean, there's so there's so many layers and legends to AEW. I mean, I joke. A lot of podcasters out there joke that AEW is WCW 2.0 just because they're bringing in all the legends. But we understand the reasons why. There's a lot of, from when I talk to John Skyler, there's a lot of great stuff that goes on behind the scenes a lot of people don't talk about. There's always seminars. There's always, you know, training. There's always, you can go down and sit down. I heard uh, Arn Anderson, uh, John Skyler told me that Arn Anderson had like a two-hour seminar one day. You could just go listen and pick the brains of these legends. It's almost like, really, it is like a training school, a training ground. You go in, you do the seminars, you put in the work, and you get that, like you said, you get Paul White coming back to you critiquing your matches. So when these seminars and these things are happening, I mean, every, is everyone taking advantage of these situations as they pop up when they happen? I mean, from what I see, yeah. You know, we have guys like, like you said, Art Anderson. We have Dean Malenko, Jerry Lynn, you know, Christopher Daniels, BJ. There's so, so many, like, you know, so many Asians back there, so many talented people that really, you know, have done so much in this business and want the future of the business to be in good hands. And so I think when, when all the seminars that I go to, when, the, when they happen, I see everybody there. As many people that could be there, I see them there. You know, I feel like people want to learn. People want to get better. You know, whether it's you know, even with the ladies and Dustin, you know, coaching the ladies and having training sessions with the ladies to sharpen their craft and stuff like that. So it's, man, it's just a great place to be. It, uh, and you're not the first person to say that. And I'm sure you're not the, 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 the last person that will say that either. And that's what's so great and refreshing about all that is that you hear so much of how much real teaching goes on behind the scenes that you can never shy away from that. Everything's a teachable moment and you, you have to take every moment and run, run with it. So from one girl dad to another, what's something that you have faced with your daughter recently that you've had to kind of have those teachable moments? Because there always is. Like right before you and I got on camera, 
and you were with my daughter, she was kind of in one of her grumpy moods because I had to kick her off Fortnite to get ready for the interview. <laughs> She's like, well, you know, dad, can I just finish the match? I'm like, no, buddy. When you have responsibilities, you have responsibilities. This was booked. This was planned. He's giving us the time. We have to be respectful. So once right. I said that, she's like, you're right, dad. She shut off the PlayStation. I'm not going to lie. A little tear in my eye because I'm like, finally, you know, fuck, finally. She's, she's growing up. I love it. I love how she's getting more mature, and I'm excited right. about that. But what's a teachable moment you've had to go through through Little Limelight? Um, so she, first of all, your daughter is awesome, man. She was a great interview. Thank, Thank you so you. much for, for, for that, and thanks for, for her for doing her homework and being creative with the questions. Um, last night, actually, um, I don't know when this is going to air, but last night with my daughter, we were here. Um, you know, we were hanging out by the jacuzzi in the pool and there were some ladies out there, you know, I'm a single dad, you know, so we just, you know, having a good time and talking uh, and I'm very friendly with a lot of the people in the building and stuff like that, you know, won't get into too many details, but then later on in the night, you know, we went back downstairs and nobody was there and it was just me and her and she was like, cause she loves the jacuzzi in the pool. And she was like, dad, she was like, do you have any girlfriends or anyone that you like? And then, you know, so we sat there, we started talking about that stuff. And I started talking to her about, you know, just, you know, how I used to be when I was younger and, you know, like the way I, the way I was, the way I carried myself and the way I am now, things like that. And how, you know, you don't need to be with somebody to be happy and, and just that kind of a conversation. And then afterwards, she's like, oh, okay. And then she got a jacuzzi and cannonballed into the pool. <laughs> So you, you love that you gotta love that though you're having these these yeah. real one-on-one -on -one conversations with because they don't they're learning so they're just listening they're soaking it all in and then when you say everything and you're, you're waiting for this like response to come back to you it's like okay everything you said makes sense cool i'm just gonna go cannonball peace. yeah <laughs> peace out <laughs> that's all so when you and your daughter get together like obviously the mini host asked this question but you mentioned during the interview you know watching movies taking her out for ice cream what's some of the movies like what's your what's your daughter into right now like what are you showing her because the cool thing about being a parent is being able to go back through all those movies that you loved as a child and exposing her to those same films well man we watch a lot of movies and like i don't like you know filter anything so like we've watched the Mortal Kombat's you know, we've watched the Avengers, we've watched, you know, all types of crazy stuff. You know, she watched it with me, you know. Um, but this weekend we watched, there's a new movie on Netflix. It's called Wish Dragon. Okay. Uh, Wish Dragon, really, really good. I recommend it. Kind of reminds me of Aladdin. It's about a genie and wishes and things like that. Mm -hmm. But it, was, it looked like Pixar made it, but it wasn't made by Pixar. Um, but that was a fun movie we watched. And then last night we watched Into the Heights, the new uh, musical movie. Um, based based in Washington Heights in New York City in the Bronx and with Spanish culture and stuff like that. So we watched that last night. We had a good time watching that. Um, she just loves to watch movies, you know? So we watch everything from Iron Man to Frozen to Coco to, you know, Harry Potter's, you know, she likes it all. Coco is a great movie. I, I love watching uh, the- uh, One of my favorite Coco movies. Absolutely. One of my favorite movies is Coco. Yeah, Coco is a great movie. For me, like the, when I started exposing my daughter to films, the first film I showed her right off the bat, Sandlot. I oh, had to show her Sandlot. You to watch that one too. We actually, one of the old ones that I just rewatched with my daughter was the Mighty Ducks trilogy. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh my, Emilio. Emilio. <laughs> Mighty Ducks, man. <laughs> yeah, the, he tipped his hat to me himself. Uh, have you shown her Game Changers yet, the TV show on Disney? Um, we started watching it. She wasn't really into it. Yeah, my daughter, it was a hard time to get. But you know what she yeah. did like? Because we're both big basketball fanatics. So she likes the one with John Stamos, uh, Big Shot, where he's like the basketball oh. coach. And he coaches an all-girls basketball team. Me and my daughter, we are, we are hooked on that one. And yeah, also, I watched that with her. 
yeah, you have to watch that with her. And also, um, she may like, because she seems very inquisitive from what I've seen on Facebook and stuff. Check out Home Before Dark. It's on Apple. It's an Apple okay. Plus original. Home Before Dark. They I'll have- check that out. We, yeah. um, we watched the WandaVision and the Loki together. She liked that. She likes her comic book stuff. Hey, eh? you got her exposed to the comic book stuff early. Yeah. So who's her favorite? Who's her favorite superhero? Is it Spider-Man like you? I, Spider-Man, yeah. Yeah. My daughter, um, she was into Spider-Man for a bit, but then I showed her Logan and now she likes Wolverine. So I'm going uh, back and showing her. Likes, my daughter also likes Wanda. She likes Wanda as well. Okay, of course. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's a given for sure. For a while it was Captain Marvel. For a while it was Captain Marvel. But now I she's think, now she's elevated her taste. I, <laughs> I think I think she kind of got into the Spider-Man after watching the end game and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh well, Tom Holland is is probably the best Spider-Man that there's been. I can't 100%. wait for the new one. Can't wait yep. for the new one. I can't wait. Give me my trailer. <laughs> Give me it's my coming. trailer, Marvel. It's coming. It's coming. It is coming. And if Marvel's looking for a Spider-Man 2099, if they're looking for Miguel O'Reilly, I'm right here. Just give me oh. a call. I didn't even think about that. Marvel, pay attention. Miguel O'Reilly, Danny Limelight for Miguel O'Reilly. Yeah, we're going to make that trending. I'm going to put that yes. when I drop this in two weeks. So this will drop in two weeks. When I drop this in two Let's weeks, go. that's going to be the hashtag. Miguel O'Reilly. That's right. You And you would kill it too. You would kill Spider-Man it too. Spider-Man 2099. I need to be in it. <laughs> so you talked about your film that's in post-production and it should be coming out later this month. So this will actually be the, um, this will be the first uh, episode I drop in July. So it'll okay. drop on July 1st, Canada Day. Uh, so happy Canada Day to us. And then you guys have July the 4th uh, coming around the corner. So in terms of that film, you wrote and produced it and you yes. directed it as well? No, my friend Miko Sad from i Productions directed the film. He's an English, uh, excuse me, he's an Egyptian filmmaker. Um, he's a great guy, great, great artist himself as far as acting and stuff like that. He's, uh, he's won many awards at film festivals. So I'm excited to see, you know, if we could win something together because he did an amazing job directing the film. Um, like I said, I wrote it, produced it, started it. I did my own stunts. I coordinated all the stunts for everybody else. I choreographed all the fight scenes. You know, I uh, had some of my good friends like Loudmouth produce some of the music for the film. Um, uh, yeah, man, I worked with a lot of great people and a lot of good stunt guys as well came out and threw down. And, and it was just overall a great experience. Well, I cannot wait. When that happens, be sure to make sure you send your boy a link because yes. I want to check it out somewhere where I can watch it for sure. And obviously, I want to pay to watch it. I want to support. I don't want to just thank you. You send me. You send me the file. I want to. If there's a way that I can rent it online or something like that, uh, please let me know so I can. The plan, the plan is for it to go to the film festivals and then to hit Amazon Prime for probably like three dollars or something like that. So done. I'll I'll pay I'll pay nine bucks. You got three watches out of me guaranteed. Give me nine <laughs> bucks. For sure. Nine bucks for sure. So um. In terms of uh, if this film goes well, do you have, like, see me, I'm also an amateur filmmaker. I went to the Toronto Film School. Uh, I didn't really do too much with it because right after I finished school, we got married and then we yeah. had our first daughter. So I had to get a, you know, a more steady full-time job to support the family, yeah. which I have no regrets about. But I still write in my spare time. And I don't know how you are when it's approached to writing, but when I'm writing, uh, it's real therapeutic for me. It helps me focus, kind of get my thoughts and my feelings out as to what I'm experiencing that day. But I put it in the pen and whatever I'm writing on or working on. Is it the same thing for you when you're writing? Is it, is it really therapeutic for you? Yeah, I love to write, man. I, I, I can sit and write for, for, for whatever. I get my best thinking done when I'm in the jacuzzi, um, you know, chilling and vibing, listening to some music. With, usually, you know, Miko, he's always with me at the jacuzzi. <clears throat> he's a very creative thinker, right? So we'll sit there, we'll just be talking, and we'll just be, you know, enjoying the breeze if you will. And 
honestly, some of the best ideas come from that, that vibe, you know, and just talking. And then I'm like, man, I need to write that. And I'll go upstairs and I'll start writing right now. You know, I'm writing two separate scripts right now that I want to push for a short, another short film to go to festivals. Um, but the idea with Joe Riff, you know, which is the film that should be done by the end of the month is, you know, hopefully it does well in film festivals and we can potentially get the, you know, some sponsorships or get somebody to green light us and give us more money because, you know, I did this film in one day with $8,000. So, you know, I'm very happy with how it turned out. I can only imagine if I had, you know, two weeks and a $50,000 budget, how much better we can do, you know, and a full, you know, instead of a 15 minute short, a full featured film, you know what I'm saying? Full 90 minutes. So I have an idea for the script. It's almost done for the full version of Joe Riv, you know, but we were able to do it in one day, a 15 minute short. And it was great, you know, so the, the, the goal is to obviously get the right people to see it, for it to do well at the film festival so that we can make something of it. And if that doesn't work, on to the next one, you know? Absolutely. I look at, um, I look at budgets like that. Like I've shot a lot of stuff on, on zero budget, sometimes putting only like five, 600 in it of my own money. And yeah. um, the one of the one of the inspirations I drive for, towards film is uh, Robert Rodriguez. I love Robert Rodriguez, and my favorite film of him is obviously El Mariachi, which started the whole Mariachi right. trilogy. And that was shot, as we all know, for three thousand dollars, which he donated his body to science in order to finance the film. But when yeah. you look at the final product of it, you're like, and the fact is, is that he says, "Yeah, I had three thousand dollars to spend, but I only ended up spending fifteen hundred. So yeah, you may have this budget, but you work within your means and you try to knock it out of the park. Sometimes less is more. I yeah. find out that to be, and the way I know you are and the stunts that you have done and some of the stunt stuff that I've seen, uh, I know that the fight scenes in this in this 15 minutes are probably top notch and I cannot wait to Thank see you. those because that's that's not special effects. That's not, you know, any of that. That is just legitimate choreographed amazingness. And I know you're going to knock it out of the park. So I'm Thank not worried. You. I'm not worried. I know my, my $3 a pop is going to go I know that. I know hey, that for sure. Man, I really appreciate this, man. I have another interview that I got to hit right now at four, but okay. dude, you're, you're the, you're the man, bro. And your daughter was awesome. We definitely got to do this again. You know, um, I appreciate you bringing me on. Uh, thank you for everybody for listening and straight talk wrestling, dude, man. I appreciate how much fun we have every time we do this, how we just vibe and click. And for everybody listening, thank you so much. Make sure you follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Danny Limelight, um, prowrestlingtees.com backslash Danny Limelight, cameo.com backslash Danny Limelight. My dude, let's do this again. Tell your daughter I said bye. And until next time, mi gente, stay blessed. Absolutely, guys. Peace, love, and wrestling. You know all my socials. And don't forget to support Danny Limelight because he's worth it. The light is shining bright. I said it once before. I'll say it again. The stars just going to keep rising. Miente, mi hermano. Thank you so much for gracing the presence. One love, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Peace. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week for another great episode on all available podcast platforms and hosted on Podbean. Also, check us out on YouTube at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And if you feel the need to buy some sweet merch, check us out on ProWrestlingTees.com. Leaving the scene with no trace. None in my lead. You out of place. I'm not at the top. I'm out of space. Can't eat with us. We're out of place. I'm doing fine. I'm feeling great. You're not my fan. You can't relate. Straight talk going state to state.